It's great to see you all this morning, smiling faces. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in it, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to welcome you all this morning. Um, we had a great time worshiping with North Texas Christian College, and it was just awesome time of worship, an amazing word. Um, we even had that prayer conference, and it was, it was really just great as well, an amazing word, amazing move of God. Um, so that was just amazing. That was awesome. I'm going to keep an eye on the time as well. I don't want to go over. I wanted to share a little bit of my testimony with you all. Um, I've shared it in the past before, but I, I haven't gone too much into detail. But I wanted to share that with you today. So a little bit of my backstory. Uh, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up in church. And my, fa my family wasn't involved in church um, whenever I was younger. And, you know, I, I, so I didn't really learn any of this Pentecostal terminology and and lingo in the church and nothing like that. I didn't, I didn't know any of that. Um, so I didn't come to church until I was later on, in, um, late, later on in life, pretty much. And my mom and dad, they had divorced whenever I was around the age of three. So um, we were born in Brownsville, Texas. I don't know if you guys know where that is, but... It's deep south Texas, um, as far south to the border as you can probably get, five hours down south of Austin. And I'll tell you this, the drive is horrible there. The drive is just horrible. Whenever we go and visit family, because our family's still back down there, it's just bad. <laughs> I had to drive all the way, and it's just horrible. Um, but my, my mom and dad, and I don't know the, the, too much of the details of how their marriage was and everything before I was born, but my, my dad was physically and verbally and emotionally abusive towards my mom, right? And I do have one older sibling, my sister, and pretty much my dad did not think that I was um, from him, but he knew that my, my sister was from him. Right. So when my mom and dad divorced, my dad wanted to to keep my sister, but he didn't want to keep me. Right. And I learned this growing up. You know, I, I, I ended up finding out this whenever I became older. I ended up learning about all this and just saying, you know, well, my dad didn't want me. And so I, I had that in my mind growing up. And my mom was and is a single mom. Uh, so I have a heart for uh, all the single parents that are out there. I do have a heart for them, just everything that they have to uh, battle, everything that they have to go through. I understand it, um, and because I, I, I lived it, and I, I've even seen my mom have to battle, and they, they just go through so much hardship for their children. They, they suffer so much for their children because they want the best for their children, and that's what my mom wanted for my sister and I. Um, so like I said, we were born in Brownsville, Texas, and then when my mom and dad divorced, we ended up moving to McAllen, which is about an hour away from, from Brownsville. Remember, Brownsville is deep south Texas, five hours down south. Um, and my dad was always in and out of my life, right? So he, he would come in and he would say, you know, I'm sorry for leaving, 
and then he would end up leaving again, and then he would come back, and then he would say, I'm sorry for leaving, and he would say, I'm trying to be do better, and, and then he would leave again. And I remember that even my mom had showed me different activities that I did in elementary school, but I, I would draw pretty much a family of four because I wanted, I wanted a dad in my life, right? So I would draw um, a dad, a mom, and then my sister and myself, and I would draw that growing up. Um, and he, I'm, I'm a hundred, well, he had multiple marriages at the time, you know, after he divorced my mom, he had multiple marriages. And I probably have a bunch of half-brothers that I don't even know about. I know some, but I don't know a lot of them. And around the age of 14, that's when he ended up leaving altogether. So at, whenever I was uh, four, about 14 years old, that's, he just completely stopped connection with me. And so I never had any sort of connection with him after that. And growing up, knowing that my father didn't want me and feeling pretty much an incompleteness in my heart um, because of all of that, because of the fact that I didn't have a father and I didn't grow up with a father. I had a void in my heart, and I, I wanted the love of a father. I wanted the love of, of my father, right? And I was looking for something, anything to fill that void in my heart because I felt incomplete, right? Um, so once I got to an older age, I would end up drinking, and I would end up going to the clubs and fulfilling my sexual desires around, be around unhealthy friends or unhealthy friendships, and I would end, be around a bunch of drugs, essentially. And so you, you see me now, and you're just like, wait, that's, that's definitely not Omar, <laughs> because it's very different. I'm very different now. Um, and what changed me from back when I was to now is God. That's what changed me and brought me to this different life, right? So back then I was mad at the world and I was mad at everybody. I was mad at God. Um, I would even consider myself an atheist at the time. And I didn't want anything to do with anything, anybody or anything like that. I didn't care. I didn't have a care for the world. And going, to, going through high school and beginning of college, I... This is, you know, this is, like I said, way before I was in church. Um, I was just completely lost, right? So beginning the years of college, I messed around a lot, and it took me so long to finish college. It, it really did. Um, I, I think I was trying to count, like, count how many years, and I believe I, I ended up spending 10 years in college just to try to finish up. You think that's, sometimes people think that's crazy, but yes, I did mess around a lot in the beginning of years of college. Um, and I pretty much searched for the right field or the, the right, because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I, I wanted to try to look for something. And my mom ended up saying, you know, here are some suggestions. Why don't you look at these? And I finally sought to go into the speech therapy program, right? So I got into the speech therapy program. And in this program, you have to go uh, you have to go with a group of people, uh, and, and you get into the program, and you go year by year with the people, the same people, year by year until you graduate together, right? Um, and I met a person who was in charge of a campus Bible study group. So they had, like, Bible studies on the campus, uh, the college campus. And I didn't know this at the time, but they were part of an apostolic Pentecostal church, right? Right? 
And they kept on inviting me to the Bible studies. They, you know, said, hey, come to the Bible studies. You know, you'll like it and you'll enjoy it. And I just said, no, I don't, I don't want anything to do with God or these Bible studies, nothing. And it eventually got to the point in my life that I was filling up myself with all these temporary satisfactions that it didn't, it didn't help, really. So I would go and, and drink and feel worse and go and drink some more and feel even worse and all of that. So pretty much I was just chaining myself up even more, right? And this, through this Bible study group, on a college campus, it brought me to an apostolic Pentecostal church, right? And so that was around uh, 2015, right? So in 2015, I ended up going to a church, and now seven years later, here I am, right? And yes, thank you, Jesus, right? Thank you, Jesus. And I found uh, a completeness through Jesus, through Jesus Christ. I found that I can be whole. I can be, be made complete with him. And he filled all the voids in my heart, right? He filled every single void that I was trying to fill with the, the temporary stuff. And he ended up filling it all completely. And he's still filling it. I mean, he's just enough for me. That's why it's, we say, my God is more than enough, right? Because he is more than enough. And I found a completeness through, through in him, in my heavenly father, Right? When my earthly father wasn't here or around me, I found a completeness in him. And through this college campus ministry, that's where I ended up meeting um, Lorena, my wife, and uh, an even Angel, Angel over there too. <laughs> I ended up meeting our, our awesome pianist. And so, through, so I go through college, and I get my bachelor's and my master's and in, in speech therapy, and I end up um, getting interviewed to find a job, right? So I end up getting um, several interviews, and I'm trying to find a job back down in the valley. So remember, the valley's five hours down south from here. Um, so I end up trying to find a job, and I'm trying to find a job around to be the, with the family, right? But what ends up happening is they they say, well, I, I end up applying for Ideal Public Schools, and Ideal Public Schools is um, in the Valley. It started there, and then it ended up moving over here to Austin, right? So I, I apply for these jobs, or different jobs, and then I get interviewed for Ideal Public Schools. And they end up getting me through the interview phase and all of that, and then they end up saying, well, this is for a job either in San Antonio or in Austin. Are you willing to move? And, you know, I ended up saying... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to move. So then later on, I get hired, and then they're just like, okay, it's for Austin. Um, so then I end up moving uh, in 2018. So I move up here to Austin in 2018. And then Lorena and I get married a year later, and she moves up um, as well. And now we're here, right? So yes, thank you, Jesus. And... So what's incredible is I wanted to share this with you. The, the reason why is because something um, happens this past spring break, right? And usually Lorena and I, we, we go to see our families um, through major holidays, you know, Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, um, summer, spring break, all of those things. So we try to see our family, um, and the drive is horrible, but we try to make it for them. And 
you know, we end up going down to the valley to, to spend spring break with our family. And Lorena's birthday is actually around the time of spring break. Her and her mom, actually, is around the time of spring break. So they, were, they wanted to do a cookout for Lorena and her mom, right? So that day of the cookout, you know, my father-in-law and I, we end up going, we drive to, um, to the meat marketplace, and that took forever. I mean, we were trying to get a bunch of meat for the cookout, and that took a long time. And then we end up going, stopping by his, his shop, which he's a barber, um, so we stop by his barber shop and pick up some stuff. And then we end up going to um, a coffee shop because a lot of the times it's the middle of the day and it's either nap time or it's coffee time. So we had to get some coffee along the way just to go, right? So we end up picking up some coffee and that took some time. And then we needed ice for the, the party. So we end up driving and we needed to pick up some ice and all of that. So we passed by several stores, and I'm like, hey, what about this store? And he was just like, no, let's go to this one over there. So we end up driving, and, and then I uh, get to the store. I get down. Uh, he stays in the car, my, my father-in-law. I get down, and I, I pay for the ice. And as I'm paying for the ice, I turn around, because the ice is in the corner of the, the store, and I see my dad walk into the store. Crazy how that works, right? Yeah. And it's, it's just incredible because at that, at that split second, I remember several, uh, probably a year ago, um, I remember a pastor was preaching about the fact that we need our, our fathers in our lives and we need father figures and we need all of them. And the importance of it, he was talking about the importance of a father figure. And... At that, at that split second, I was reminded of that, and Lorena had said, what would you ever do if you ever walked and you saw your dad, like, and you saw your dad face-to-face -face in person? What would you do? And at that time, I was like, well, I honestly don't know what I would do. I, I wish I, would, I could say that I, I reacted the right way, um, but I don't know, right? Um, and then, so that's, in that split second, it almost seemed like a split second that all of that ran through my mind, and I was just like, this is it. This is the opportunity. So he's walking into the store. He doesn't see me. And then I end up walking towards him. And I, I come to him and I'm like, hey, how are you? And he, was, he just was shocked. He was like, hey, like, how are you? How's it going? And, and what's incredible is that he was just like, you know, how's Austin? And, and how's your marriage? How's speech therapy? Remember, like, I, I, he left when I was 14 years old. He was gone when I was 14 years old, so I had no connection. And it's almost been, I'm 30 now, it's almost been 16 years that I hadn't talked to him. So he had been keeping up with me this whole entire time. Right? He had been keeping up and, and, and saying, trying to figure out how I'm doing, how my sister's doing and all of that. But it, it makes sense to me now because my, my mom would actually still connect with my, my aunts and uncles on my dad's side. So she would still connect with them and everything. And that's probably how he got the information, right? And so I tell him, you know, hey, you know, Austin's great. Marriage is great. Um, what keeps us in Austin is our church, Austin First Church. We love our church family. Um, it's just an incredible um, place to be. 
and you can feel the presence of God. And I, I end up catching up with him real quick. And, and then I told him, hey, I would like for you to come meet my father-in-law. And he was just like, oh, okay. So end up going outside. And my father-in-law is in, in, in the car. He rolls down his window. And then, you know, I tell my father-in-law, hey, this is, this is my dad. And he was like, what? This is your dad? He was like shocked. And he was like, invite him to the cookout. Invite him to the cookout. And it was like, okay, yes, I'll invite him. So I end up uh, inviting him to the cookout. And I, I, I exchanged, um, or I got his number and everything. And I told him I would send his details. And we're, he was about to leave. And then I told him, and I, I had my hand on him. And I told him, hey, I just want you to know. And I looked him right in the eye and said, hey, I just want you to know that everything is in the past. Everything is in the past. And I love you. And I, I saw that the tears start to come up into his eyes. And he, was, he wanted to cry. He, he looked like he wanted to cry. And I was just like, and I gave him a big hug. And then I said, I, and I looked at him again. I said, everything, everything is in the past. And I love you. All right? And he looked at me and he was just like, thank you so much for that. Thank you. And he said, I love you too. And, and you know, to be honest, I'm just so glad that I, I had gotten that, that closure with him. I'm so glad that I, I got that before anything happened to him or anything happened to me or, you know, got to an old age and it was too late. I'm just glad that I got that closure with him. Yes, thank you, Jesus. You, you can't make this up. Honestly, it's a God thing. God ordained all those steps. I mean, we took a long time at the meat market. We took a long time at the coffee shop. We passed several stores, and then we got to the right store to meet my dad there. It's just you can't, you can't make this up. God moves it all. And I mean, the chances of all of that happening, and, and yet God is the author of coincidences, right? He's the author of all of that. So, um, so he ends up leaving, and he was just like, it's great to see you. And I said, it was great to see you too. And um, he said, send me the details of the, the party and everything. So I said, I'll send it to you. And I end up telling my mom, um, and you see, my, my mom is still... She's, she's not in church. My, my sister is not in church either. Um, my mom is still filled with so much bitterness and contempt and um, a lot of just anger towards my dad, right? Um, and so I end up telling my mom, and, and right away she was just like, well, did he say sorry? Well, did he do this? Wh what about this? And, and I was just like, mom, none of that matters. Whether he said sorry or not, none of that matters. What matters is that I forgave him. I forgave him. And you see, a lot of the times we think that, that forgiveness is for the other person, yet forgiveness is for yourself to be free. This is what I was sharing with my mom. I said forgiveness is for yourself to be free so that you won't be bound up and in jail and all of that because bitterness what happens is that you feel just all the 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 weight of bitterness and the weight of unforgiveness and all of that just holds on to you and you're the one that's in the jail not them 
a lot of the times they're just living their life and they don't even know it. But you, you forgiving them, that's what's able to come out. You're able to come out of that prison. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So she still holds bitterness and contempt towards my dad. But I tell her that there is a God. There is a God that is able to complete her. There is a God that's able to break the bonds of bitterness and, and contempt and hatred and teach us all how to forgive, teach us how to give mercy, teach us how to give love. We have a God that's a healer of all things, of all things in our past, all things in our present, and all things in our future. Thank you, Jesus, that you are a healer uh, despite everything that we go through. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I send him the details, and, and my dad um, ends up telling me, you know, I, over text, he's a, he just says, hey, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make it, but I would love to go and meet your wife, um, you and your wife, for, for, for breakfast in the next day. So we, what we end up doing is we end up meeting him the next day for breakfast. And it almost seemed like an interview, really, because it was just like a bunch of just questions and, you know, um, you know, how old are you and this and this and that. And it's just a bunch of different questions that my, my dad was, uh, or we were asking him and he was asking us. And what we found out is that he's just extremely successful. He's extremely successful. I mean, he's just the, the head and the CEO of of these companies, and he was a board member of these uh, different organizations, and it was just, it was crazy how successful he's been, and, and he actually shared with us, you know, he, he was just like, you know, I know that I, I have many regrets, but, and I know that it's in the past, but I, I, I have so many regrets, and what's incredible is that we got to share the story of Joseph, right? So we got to share the story of Joseph with him. And if you don't know that story, so Joseph, one of, of 12 sons, hated and envied by his brothers for being favored by his father, left for dead in a pit, sold into slavery to Egypt, which he would have to work under Pharaoh's captain, then wrongly accused of an offense and thrown into prison. Then eventually he was made second in command over all of Egypt due to having the God-given ability to interpret Pharaoh's dream of a doomed famine over Egypt and how they needed to prepare for it. So many years later, the famine hits in, in, in the country, right? And his brothers come to request, request resources from Egypt, and little did they know that they were speaking to their brother, Joseph. So they didn't know that this was their brother, Right? And his brothers end up finding out that this is Joseph, and he's second in command over all of Egypt. And his brothers were worried because they had no idea that Joseph was alive, and that he had every right to kill them, and he had every right to ignore them, and he had every right to say, well, no, you did me wrong, now I'm going to do you wrong. He had every right to do that. But Joseph understood and explained that God brought him to Egypt to preserve his family's lives and not to cast judgment upon them. His brothers feared vengeance. His brothers fear, feared retaliation. But Joseph spoke kindly to them and reminded them. If you can pull up Genesis 50, 20. This is Joseph speaking to his brothers. Genesis 50, 20. As for you, 
you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are this day. Through Joseph's story, all his family was able to be saved. Through Joseph's suffering and through Joseph's hurt and through Joseph's pain and situations, God was able to use that to bring them out of, that, that, of, of the famine, to preserve them. There's, important lesson, there's an important lesson for all of us to learn in that story. Through Joseph's personal example, he was able to trust that God had a bigger picture in all this. He, was, he, was, he had a plan through all of this, and Joseph was able to forgive his brothers. And even, even though they caused him great harm, they caused him great harm to, to Joseph. God did not abandon him. God was with him in the pit. And God was with him in the prison. And God was with him when he was sold into slavery. God was with him in all of those steps. So yes, God was with me in, in the times that I was going and drinking and all of that. God was with me whenever I felt alone and incomplete. God was with me whenever I was trying to fill up the emptiness in my heart. God was with me through it all. So rather than responding with hate and contempt and anger and bitterness, Joseph was able to respond with love and forgiveness. That's what he was able to do. He was able to be a blessing to those who intended to destroy him. And might I add, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God, that God is able to forgive us when we definitely don't deserve his forgiveness and his mercy and his love. He gives it freely to us. So when bad things come or when bad things happen to us and we tend to wonder, why, where is God in all of this? Where is God in this situation? Or why, why is he allowing all these bad things to happen to me? But through all things, through all things, God uses all things, all things for good. He uses all things for good. Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that all things all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Let me tell you, it's crazy. Lorena and I, we, we just, we saw this and we were just like, man, my, my dad it has been extremely successful. Imagine if he raised me. Imagine the person I would have been, the characteristics that I, I would have had, the, the different things I would have had to experience. How would my life look then, right? I would have had a completely different life trying to be successful like him. I would have had a, a life trying to be the CEO and, and manager over all of these companies and all of that, going into a different field, not leading me into the speech therapy field. Had I, lost, had I, had I, been, had I not been lost, I would have not gone into the speech therapy program at the right time, with the right person in charge of the right Bible study for me that would lead me to an apostolic church, being baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. I wouldn't have been able to meet my wife in the process of all of that. Graduating from the speech therapy program, moving up to Austin to work up here, and leading us to be brought to Austin First Church. So yes, 
I had to go through the pain and the suffering of not having a father. Yes, my family had to suffer pain as well. Yes, I had to go through all the incompleteness in my heart. Yes, I had to be broken and hurt. And my mom had to be a single mom and suffering the abusiveness. And yes, my sister had to be left without a father as well and go through pain to find him. To find him in all of it. To find a completeness in him that he works all things together for good. All things together for good. He's moving the pieces into the right places to, to get us to the right destination. The point is to get to the destination of where God needs to take us. And that causes us to go through so many situations sometimes. That means that we have to suffer, and we have to be in pain, and we have to go through hard times, and we have to go through joyous times, and there has to be tears, and there has to be laughter, and there has to be so many things that we experience, and it's all for our salvation. It's all to see Him through it all. It's to find Him in all things. It's to find him in all things. It's, it's to find a redeemer when you need a redeemer. It's a, it's, a, it's a time to find that mercy when you, need, when you need to show that mercy to others. It's a time that you need to show love to others as well. It's a, he teaches you in the process of all these things. He teaches you so many things. His ways are higher than our ways. And his plans are higher than our plans. And while Jesus is breaking you and all of these things, while he's breaking the, the things in our lives, he's shaping you and he's molding you as the, the vessel, as the clay that you need to be. Thank you, Jesus. If we can all stand, keeping an eye on the time. Let's go ahead and lift up our hands. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you work all things for good. Thank you, Jesus, for the times that we have to suffer. I may not understand it, and I may not like it, Lord, but help me to trust in you in the breaking and the pain and the suffering, Lord. Help me to trust in you in all things. What is meant for evil against me, you, you use it for good, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Help me to trust in your ways and see that your ways are higher and better than my ways. Thank you, Jesus. You are God. You are God, and you know what's best for me, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, and we praise you for this, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus' name. You all, thank you so much for letting me share my testimony with you all. And how this just incredible journey. And we're just keeping up the connection with my dad as well. We're trying to see if we can influence him in a different way too. Right? We want to be a light for our family. Despite anything that was done or said or anything like that. We want to be a light. That's the important thing. So right now we're going to have some tacos and testimonies. Get around and greet each other. And we'll be back at 1045. Thank you.